Ongoing PCI compliance remains an issue, as evidenced by the global uptick in breaches that expose credit and debit card data. And according to a new report from Verizon, one of the primary contributing factors to those breaches is not PCI weaknesses, but non-compliance. Security risk assessments or risk assessments that are only occurring on an annual basis are leaving security gaps that businesses are failing to catch. Here Rolf Simonetti, Managing Director for PCI Consulting Services at Verizon Enterprise Solutions, shares findings regarding PCI compliance and security noted in Verizon's just released Verizon 2014 PCI Compliance Report. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Rodolph, there's been no lack of attention on retail breaches of late. Target and Neiman Marcus, of course, have put the spotlight on retail card security as well as PCI compliance challenges. What would you say are the top three PCI compliance issues retailers are most often facing and why? So we've seen that, uh, in fact, a lot of retailers are really challenged by uh, three main areas. The first one is about tracking and monitoring all access to network resources. So this is mainly requirement 10 of uh, PCI DSS, and, and this one is clearly a challenge. Another one that is a recurring challenge for many companies is protecting stored cardholder data. So this is requirement 3 of, of PCI DSS. And also, last but not least, another recurring challenge is requirement 11. This one is about properly testing networks and systems on a regular basis, and a lot of companies are still failing with that one. In fact, many, many companies still focus on PCI as a project, while PCI should be truly managed as an ongoing business. In fact, most of the PCI requirements should be embedded in the company's processes and should be part of business as usual for any company. Rodolf, are the breaches at Target and Neiman Marcus pretty typical of what you see common among other retailers where card security is concerned? It's a bit early to discuss any very recent breach, but what we've seen over the last five years is most companies who got breached, if not 100% uh, of them, we're not compliant at the time of the breach. So it's very important to highlight that compliance is not something that is important during only the assessment. It's something that is important during the entire year. And I think we need to make sure everyone understands that compliance is just here to support security and mitigating risk. And uh, in fact, way too often compliance seems just to be a project on its own, a kind of silo while compliance is just here to support risk mitigation and to support the business. And uh, I think the more the companies will understand that PCI compliance and compliance in general is a tool to support the business, the better it will be and the more efficient it will be. A great deal of attention has been paid to the United States lacking and in some cases outdated card security. But your recent research notes that retail breaches are not confined to the U.S., Rolf, can you give us some global perspective about retail security and card fraud trends throughout the rest of the world? Sure. So first, there is a big difference between the U.S. and most other countries. Because in the U.S., it is required by law to uh, publicly notify when a breach occurs, while many, many countries don't have that yet. So European Union is working on that, and it's probably going to be added to, uh, to the law there in the near future. But many, many countries, they don't publish breaches. So while we do see a more important flow of information regarding U.S. breaches, there are also breaches across many, many other countries. And 
U.S. is not worse than, uh, than other countries. Also, it's worth mentioning that, in fact, EMV is not yet deployed in the U.S., and EMV is protecting face-to-face -face transactions. But on the other hand, uh, in fact, there are more and more e-commerce and less-to-less face-to-face transactions. So while EMV is important, CCI is also supporting non-face-to-face transactions, and it's critical to, uh, to understand that EMV on its own will not protect from, uh, from everything. Rodolf, I'd like to expand here a little bit on EMV or chip card technology versus MagStripe. How does the U.S. compare when it comes to some of the card fraud trends that you're seeing in these other countries? And is it really the legacy MagStripe technology that seems to be our greatest vulnerability? So legacy MagStripe technology is clearly a weak point, but our EMV deployment started. And our, in fact, as the trend is moving from face-to-face -face transaction to more and more uh, online transaction, and in fact, even uh, new channels uh, like secure online payments, wireless payments, and, and so on. In fact, the need for EMV might be lower in, in the future. EMV is important, but uh, it's going to only to be a part of the risk. So, of course, uh, regarding EMV deployment, chip and pin, U.S. is lagging versus many European countries, but some countries did you know, only deploy EMV uh, a couple of years ago. I think United Kingdom did deploy EMV very recently, so uh, it's not lagging that much. It's lagging a bit. Some countries started 15 years ago, but uh, some others just uh, just finished their deployment. And so then going back to look at PCI specifically, Rodolf, why is PCI compliance so challenging to maintain? I would say two main reasons. Uh, the first one is the PCI scopes should be reduced. Focus on scoping is, is important. Only a specific part of the IT uh, should need to be PCI compliant. So probably having a better focus on scoping properly and segregating properly the PCI environment would help. Uh, also, way too often, PCI is seen as a project with a beginning and an end. And in fact, PCI is a never-ending journey since it's about mitigating risk. So compliance takes time, requires people and money. And uh, in fact, the challenge is not to successfully pass an assessment. The challenge is to keep this level of security on an ongoing basis. And that's what I think is uh, the main PCI compliance challenge today and what is the main struggle for, for many, many companies. So would you say that U.S. businesses are not doing the job that businesses in other parts of the world are where PCI compliance is concerned? No. Uh, in fact, uh, the U.S., uh, according to my experience since I've been working a lot with uh, international, U.S. Uh, is very abiding regarding compliance. And I think... Uh, there is a lot of understanding why compliance is important. I think, um, in fact, U.S. is a country that is moving very fast, very fast regarding PCI compliance. We have to remind ourselves that the PCI standard is not even yet 10 years old, so it's, uh, it's very new. And some countries are, are just starting, so I'm not worried. But what is important is to make sure it's still an ongoing journey and that compliance is not finished uh, with a report on compliance. Compliance is really here to, uh, to mitigate the risk on an ongoing basis. So where would you say that PCI compliance audits as well as risk assessments need to improve? So it probably needs to improve uh, to, to make sure it's more embedded. So right now, in fact, the report on compliance is focused on a picture of, uh, of the state of compliance. 
And um, in fact, while it's important to have a picture once a year, it's even more important to, uh, to make sure uh, it remains compliant during the entire year. So uh, maybe making sure uh, the PCI requirements are more embedded in an ongoing security management program would help to keep the compliance over time. Rudolph, we've spent a lot of time talking about retail, but what about businesses and industries beyond retail? Where would you say some of those entities are most vulnerable and which industries would you say are most vulnerable to card breaches? In fact, all industries that are using some old credit card data are vulnerable. We've seen in the 2014 PCI report that 32.7% of the companies were in the retail vertical, but hospitality is also a big one with about 20% of the assessment we did, and also a significant industry is the finance one. But all the other industries are also using credit card data, so we see PCI projects with government, healthcare, education, in fact, with most vertical, but the three big ones are definitely retail, hospitality, and finance. Have you seen improvements where PCI compliance is concerned in recent years, Rodolph? Definitely. In fact, in the report, you can see that we provide the average compliance score for 2012 and 2013 for all the 12 PCI requirements. And while many companies are still uh, not fully compliant, we see that the average score has improved a lot. So if we check, for example, requirement one, which is about uh, installing and maintaining firewall configuration to protect your the data, the average compliance score in 2012 uh, was 55%. The average compliance score in 2012, so just one year after that, moved up to 86%. And we can go through all the other requirements, and the trend is about the same. So for requirement two, 53% to 81%. Requirements 3, 54% to 79%, and, and so on. So uh, while most companies are still not fully compliant, the average compliance score is, is significantly improving. And the year-on-year improvement between 2012 and 2013 is just impressive. Now, you mentioned the financial sector as being one that is one of the most vulnerable when it comes to PCI noncompliance. How would you say that all of this impacts banking institutions? as the card issuers as well as acquirers of payments? Uh, so there is a, indeed a strong impact for banking institutions as acquire because, uh, in fact, acquirers have to be some OPCI compliance as issuer because, uh, in fact, that's a part of the, of the process, but the PCI standard was not defined uh, for, for issuer. Uh, also, for a, a lot of banking institutions, PCI is definitely an opportunity because a lot of merchants want to focus on their own business and don't think that managing payment is their day job. And uh, as we see more supporting standards a few years ago, PADSS and just last year, point-to-point -point encryption, P2P, that was just released, those standards are definitely an opportunity for banks and payment service providers to offer more secure payment solutions uh, that would allow the merchants to push a lot of the PCI requirement to them. So we see a lot of banks and a lot of payment service providers right now working on offer around point-to-point -point encryption that would allow many, many merchants to push to them a lot of their PCI requirements since from the point of sale to the require, the encryption would be totally encrypted with no possible access for the merchant. It's a great opportunity for them to reduce their scope and for the banks and PSP to provide added value services. And then Rodolf, before we close, 
What final advice could you offer to banking institutions, retailers, and other industries? So at the end of the report, we focus on five steps to more effective compliance. Uh, the first one, we discussed a bit about it already. It's about allocating resources properly because compliance does not only take money, it takes time and people. And making sure that the PCI compliance is maintained properly requires people on an ongoing basis. I would add it also needs a strong sponsor within the company to be successful. Uh, the second one is actively maintain compliance. So. As we discussed, it needs to be a year-round activity embedded in business as usual. Number three is put it in a wider context. Compliance should be part of a security program. It's not just a project on its own. Number four, leverage compliance as an opportunity. In fact, sometimes compliance and PTI compliance can even produce a return on investment. It's not just about lowering cost and mitigating risk. There are opportunities to have a real ROI. And our last one is focused on scoping. To make compliance easier, you have to reduce the scale of the task and to make sure you make compliant what really need to be compliant, not everything. Rodolf, I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Again, we've just heard from Rodolf Simonetti of Verizon. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.